Welcome to Conan Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cohn. The Niners just finished the first, I'm going to call it quarter of their season, even though there's 17 games now and they're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Great defense, bad offense, or improving offense, depending on how you look at it. And now I want to look ahead to the next four games of the season because it could be more favorable, although the Niners have some new injury issues and some new problems and challenges ahead of them. Larry, how you doing? Doing great. Man, I, yesterday was a long day, but a fun day. And uh, I don't know about you. It's like we're not fans. We don't root necessarily. But if you're going to ha- put in the kind of hours that, that I did yesterday, it's so much – you're so much more uh, enthused by a victory because it's just it's – a, it's a long day if you lose, if the team loses. and you get. I'm always up to – I'm always up to criticize a team after they lose, and I'm always down to cover a train wreck. But it's it's more fun to cover a good team than a yeah. bad team. It just is. Right. So, and we're not really sure which the Niners are yet. They're two and two. But let's look at the next four opponents. It seems like the schedule is breaking pretty well for them. They got Carolina on the road on a short week. Carolina's terrible. Then they got uh, Atlanta on the road, back to back road games. But they're staying in West Virginia, um, and Atlanta isn't that great. Cordell Patterson's on IR, I think. Then they have Kansas City at home after that. That's tough. And then they have the Rams on the road and then a bye week. I mean, right now, what do you think the Niners do on that stretch, win-loss-wise? Mm. Um, I think they win the next two and lose to Kansas City. And the Ram game. They're tight. I would say they beat the Rams. They just seem like they own the Rams. Yeah. And I, I'm looking Seems at like- the – the one thing about the 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 uh, Rams that came out of yesterday's game is the Rams got a lot of the, what they wanted to accomplish done. I mean, they dominated the the time of possession. They dominated the plays, seventy three to forty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Forty ers are are a lot deeper football team on both sides of the ball and really throughout almost every spot on the roster than the Rams are. So even though the Rams got what they wanted as far as how the way the game kind of carried out, um. 49ers depth ruled the day. So I, I think the Niners Rams is the advantage 49ers across the board. And let's just go one by one. So the Niners had yeah. Carolina on the road in a short week. You're thinking trap game, right? Here's a trap game. The Panthers have the worst offense in the league. 32nd yards, 4.9 yeah. yards per play. I mean, uh, they're really bad. So I, I don't see how the Niners lose to that team. And then Atlanta. Let's look at Atlanta. What are they? They're 2-2, two and two, but... Their best player is Cordell Patterson, who's now hurt, I believe. So yeah, he's hurt. He, whether he's on IR or not, I don't know, but he's definitely hurt. He's hurt. So um, that's a problem for them. I mean, Kansas City, that's a really tough game. The Niners may or may not win it. I probably wouldn't pick them to win it, although we don't know who's going to be healthy for either team at that time. But I think that's like- really tied, Grant, to how Kansas City does the week prior. And I think – is it they have a tough game the week prior, and I forget what who their opponent is, but if they win that game the week prior, I think 49ers have a chance to, to beat Kansas City. Kansas City loses that game prior, I think they're going to be really, really tough to beat in that game with the 49ers. Yep. Um, I, I think the Niners have a tendency to rush players back from injury a little too much, especially if they feel like they got to have a game. I think this is a great opportunity for the Niners to sit some players. Armstead, Kinlaw, whoever. Um, you don't need those guys to beat. You shouldn't need those guys to beat Carolina or Atlanta. So that's two weeks off that you could give. You know, Jimmy Ward. He's coming back from a pretty serious hamstring injury. You don't want him to reaggravate it. He's in his thirties. He's a DB who needs to run. He doesn't need to play this week. Prepare him slowly. You need him 
against Kansas City. So I think this is a good this is a really good stretch for the 49ers. They they kind of weathered the storm and now they should be able to win the next two games and give themselves a three-game win streak. They should. I think you know one of the kind of, you know every team's a little different, but this team I think one of the keys for this team is going to be how they rest their injured or their yeah. not injured players, but the dinged compromised. Up players. Yeah. 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 When guys are starting to be a little bit compromised and we're in that part of the schedule, you get five, six weeks in. I mean, you see it. You go through the locker room, talk to the guys. They'll be like, hey, man, everybody's hurt. Tell me when you're injured. So we get to this point, everybody's battling something. But they're deep enough, Grant, where if they make some smart decisions about who to be, who to have up that day and who not to have up, they might be able to kind of nurse some of their injuries back to back to health for the more important not more important but the the more challenging games on their schedule and i think if they do it well that could be a major key for them this year now that you bring it up the one thing that kind of concerns me about this team uh is kyle's use of running backs like he doesn't rotate them anymore it's just jeff wilson jr and debo and in the last game jeff wilson jr got 18 carries you know, he's, he got 18 against Seattle as well. I mean, if you run him into the ground the way you run all your other running backs in the ground, what's next? And we like Jordan Mason, but couldn't he just rotate him and, and keep him fresh? It seems like he's as good as his running back. I agree. I, to me, there was a couple things I would have questioned about yesterday's win. One of them was why in the fourth quarter, when you have a lead mm-hmm. and you've already ridden Jeff Wilson hard, Mm-hmm. And you haven't ridden Hughes check card. You haven't given Mason anything. You haven't mm-hmm. given Mac anything. You haven't given Tevin Coleman anything. Why are you still handing the giveaway runs? And they are giveaway runs. When you're right. bucking into the center of the line right. in a run heavy formation, every guys on the upper rim of the stadium can tell that you're going to run. And mm-hmm. so everybody detonates on the running back. Why mm-hmm. would you volunteer? Eight to ten to eight to ten direct hits on your starting running back when you clearly want to use him as your guy. I I would have protected Jeff Wilson in the fourth quarter. I would have handed to Juice. I would have handed to Mac. I would have handed to Cole. I would have handed it to anybody. That should be Jordan Mason's role on the team. This team's going to be winning a lot in the second half. That's what that guy can do is wear you down and take hits away from Jeff Wilson, who maybe might be more dynamic. And if you don't trust Jordan Mason, okay. Find someone you do. Go find somebody. Go find a veteran back who's not very good, who you can pick off the street, and you can give him the sacrificial lamb carries to. But don't. But they did that already. I like Marlon Mack. I saw him in the preseason. He looked good. They did it. They need it. Kyle needs to give these guys a chance. He needs to give him some carries. And it was really weird listening to Chris Forster when he was talking about. uh, J.P. Mason going yeah. into the last game. He's like, well, we'll see how the kid, you know, he looked good in camp and he had a couple of nice runs in preseason, but, you know, we'll see what happens when the lights shine brightest. It's it's almost like they feel, they're almost like telling us indirectly, hey, this kid is the moment's too, you know, they say it's like the opposite of Colton McKivitz. They say, oh, the moment's not too big for Colton. They're basically telling you the moment is too big for J.P. Mason. And if that's the case, then have somebody else be up or go get a veteran running back. But save Jeff Wilson, because what if you had gotten Jeff Wilson hurt on his last carry? You're what not makes going him think he's not. Weeks. What makes what makes them think J.P. Mason isn't ready for the moment? I mean, he's only had one carry. He gained seven yards. He plays special teams. He's on the field doing things. I mean, 
I don't understand. It seems like they're just... It seems kind of like Kyle is reluctant to play rookies unless he absolutely has to. Like, for example, Talanoa Hafunga, looking like an all-pro, didn't yeah. play last year. Why? Why? You're telling me he got way better in the offseason or Kyle was just a little conservative and was thinking, I'll go with the, the vet. Is it is even it possible? Kyle Grant or is it Bobby Turner? Yeah. Because it seems like there's young guys at the running back position or ha- I mean now granted this team handed the ball to Elijah Mitchell a ton so he's but kind they didn't of have a choice argument. they didn't have a choice they right. didn't have a choice most well, like Bobby hard. Turner yeah. you know I mean in some ways I kind of I was thinking yesterday as I'm watching the fourth quarter man this would have been a nice spot for Trey Sermon you know because you got <laughs> well, about a dozen carries you could hand this guy the ball why not I'm just hoping that Bobby Turner, now that he's back on the team, he sees what we see and uh, he gets in Kyle's ear and says, "You gotta, you gotta give this kid a chance." Because it, it, telling you, if Jeff Wilson Jr. gets hurt in in the first quarter against Carolina, they could lose that game. Yeah, they could lose that game. You know, if Kyle does, it feels like, oh, I, I can't trust any of these running backs. Now we can't run the ball anymore. Oh well, I, pff, I don't. Well, know. Okay, you, okay. Where where do you want to find out about JP Mason? You want to find out about him in a fourth quarter of a game that you're leading right. when? Where if he fumbles, who cares? Because you got a two-score lead. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to find out about him for the first time in a regular season game after Jeff Wilson goes out with some Thank stinger, you. and now here because you overused him. Back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, that would be my. I didn't. I didn't love going for the the field goal on fourth on you know fourth and goal or whatever it was from the one and a half. I wanted to see them you know go for the touchdown there, and I didn't love the the usage of Jeff Wilson. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty damn good Sunday or Monday for the Niners. Yeah, very, very good. 48 carries the last three games for him. Not trying to be, you know, uh, naggers, people who nag. Not trying to do that. Just trying to point out something that could potentially, you know, we were trying to keep Trey Lance healthy. I said, hey, Kyle, don't use Trey Lance as a fullback. Hey, Kyle, don't keep doing this with Jeff Wilson Jr., the 16, 18 carries a game. You don't need to do it. It's not necessary. And the answer isn't give more carries to Debo. It's you have you you keep all these running backs every year and then you don't use. You're them. paying a fullback a ton. Yeah. Why not use your fullback? Why, especially when you do use him, he does really good things. I'll tell you what I wanted to see in the game that was frustrating to watch. I watched Kansas City the night before. Kansas City got into a fourth and goal. They had their backup tight end do a wildcat snap as Mahomes started pointing off to the left. And the the Buccaneers were all focused on Mahomes pointing, and they didn't defend the you know the tight end taking the snap and going in for two yards. I would have liked to seen Huschek, you know, with Garoppolo pointing over here, Huschek take the direct snap and get an offensive lineman behind him and push him yeah. into the end zone. I'd love it. Um, I, that's, I, that's I would great. have loved to have seen that. That's good. That's, that's good. Official BNA Music eighty eight says Kyle's the defensive special and Kittle as OT one. I think it's funny if Kyle, he should rebrand himself as a defensive coach. <laughs> Actually, this is my brainchild over here. You didn't, you thought I was an off. I'm a defensive coach. And also Kittle is now, he's a left tackle or, or right. What is, is he the, he's the sixth offensive lineman for the Niners right now. I mean, are they, I mean, I don't understand his usage either. At all. I mean, what, are they not, they don't want to use him at all as a receiver anymore? I mean, they, they, I keep hearing, hearing people say, well, you know, they need him to, they need to keep him in and block. Well, couldn't Charlie Werner do that? Like, don't you want Kittle to run some routes and catch some passes? But I I don't understand that at all. I don't get that. 
I don't either. So she was dwelly dinged. Um, I, I mean, I, I personally, I, I'd love to see Kittle use more as a receiver, and I'm not, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's health wise. Maybe they're trying because he did have a groin. Maybe, maybe he feels more comfortable uh, not sprinting down the field and cutting. Perhaps. Maybe they're trying to save the groin for one more week. I don't know. I don't know. It's true. That's true. That's possible. Niner fan eighty five says Casey faces the Bills before they face the Niners. That will yeah. be tough for them. That's that's good knowledge. That's yeah, that's what knowledge. I'm saying. So if they now if they beat the Bills, yeah. I think the 49ers are viable to beat Kansas City. Absolutely. If they lose to the Bills right. the way that everybody knows there's one team in each conference that gets the bye. And you don't want to go to Buffalo. I mean, I right. if, if Buffalo hosts that game in this, in January, Buffalo will be favored. If Kansas right. City hosts that game in January, Kansas City will be favored. So that's that's a really right. important uh, home field advantage. I think right. that game could have a huge impact on the Kansas City team that the Niners see. Yeah, hard to see Kansas City losing two games in a row. I see what you mean. Right. C. Turley says, watching the TBKC game, no way Mahomes makes these circus plays against the Niners defense. A lot of those plays could have been pick sixes. Niners defense is fast. Probably faster than it was when he saw it in the Super Bowl. The Gold Rush 561 says, love that the Niners won yesterday, but let's just remember, even though we dominated, it was still a one-possession game with six minutes to go before pick six. It's true. It's true. That pick six was huge. Absolutely huge. Um, all the more reason that I wanted to go for it, because I've seen the 49ers get run over a couple times already by not scoring enough points, so I wanted to see them go for more points um, instead of the field goal. But, man, Hafanga... Uh, yeah, because it was starting to look like the pass rush. Sometimes the Niners' great pass rush gets tired in the fourth quarter, and the, and the, the Rams were moving the ball on that drive. They were in Niners' territory, and then Talanoa, I mean, pulled a rabbit out of his hat. But he saved the day. He's incredible. And I'll say this, too. I thought uh, um, the 49ers' depth on defense, I thought, ruled the day. Because, I mean, look at the guy. Look at a Menahue. Look at yeah. Ebucom. Look yep. at some of these guys that they've got. Nobody talks about. Look at Kevin Givens. All right, because they're down to their second stringers in the middle on, the, on that D-line. And you don't Amazing. notice anything. Yeah, no. you don't notice at all. They just, keep, they just keep coming. All right, let's talk left tackle. So the Niners don't have many weaknesses right now, but they're going to have to get through the next four games at least with their third string left tackle, whoever that might be. It's looking like it's Jalen Moore for now. Um, he finished the game. Colton McKivitz sprained MCL just like Aziz Alshair and Elijah Mitchell. Could miss four, six, eight weeks. Guess we don't know. How dire is this? What have you seen from Jalen Moore? And do you think the Niners can win games, uh, plural, with him at left tackle? It's a huge question. I, I, you know, I saw when he first got into the lineup in the preseason, what, a year ago? Yeah. I saw a guy who looked like a plug and play, ready to roll offensive tackle now he might not have elite feet for a left tackle spot but to me he seemed plenty good enough to play right tackle Mm -hmm. but then it's like since that point we've seen clear regression and Mm -hmm. when he played extensive snaps earlier this year his feet looked so slow that he looked like overmatched by anybody with any movement ability at all like he was going to be a total liability in pass coverage i just our pass uh, pass Mm -hmm. protection Mm-hmm. I, I just think that they have to test him a lot and really work on his feet and really work on his, on, you know, getting out of his stance um, and just moving his feet and get, doing whatever they can to try to help him 
uh, move his feet because you're still talking about prototypical size and strength, long arms. He's a, there's a lot to like about Jalen Moore as a tackle prospect, but he's had a couple reps that make you say, "Uh oh, that's that that guy's going to get your quarterback on put on the IR." So when he looks good, Grant, I think he looks capable of being an NFL starting right tackle who could, you know, maybe play half a game as a situational left tackle and be serviceable. But on the bad snaps, he looks like he's not NFL, doesn't, mm-hmm. should not be playing tackle, mm-hmm. might be a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so somewhere in there is reality. He's probably not as good as the guy who looked like a plug-and-play starter in the preseason when he, when he started the entire preseason, I think, at, ta- at tackle. Mm-hmm. But he's probably not quite as bad as the guy who was just looking like his feet were in cement mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago when he was getting some runs. So they, he's got the talent. They got a great coach. Coach him up. Get him ready. I know it's yeah. easier said than done, but I don't think they're going to find a street free agent any better. Yeah, it seems like what they have to do. I mean, he's not great. I, I don't think he's particularly good, but he wasn't an issue last night. They didn't give up any sacks. So what the Niners have to do is basically keep playing like last night. Get, get an early out. lead. Get the ball out quick. Run the ball. Yeah. Because if they fall behind and you know they have to pass, he's in trouble. If they're in third and ten, he's in trouble. So yeah. they avoided all of that last night. And if they can continue to avoid that, they should be able to against Carolina, Atlanta, and the Rams. They've shown that they can do that against the Rams. Then great. Against Kansas City? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. They, they score a lot of points, and it, it's possible that he's going to be put in situations where his uh, lack of – well, Time. I'm a we'll little concerned, to be honest, about Carolina, too, because they got Brian Burns, and Brian Burns true. is a beast. He's really good. He's their left defensive end. He's really good. Uh, they've got Yatir Gross Matos, the big kid from Penn State. He's at the right defensive end spot. If you could match him up more with Gross Matos, I think you'd do better than Burns. As far yeah. as Atlanta, what's Atlanta's uh, de- What's their depth chart at defensive end? I haven't really checked them out too much this year as far as who they have yeah. off the edges, but it's – it's uh, Taquan Graham and uh, Okundeji, who you played okay. at, I think, West Virginia. Okay. Steelers. Okay. Yeah, so. I mean, not the greatest. Oh, he's they still have Grady Jarrett, but he's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have – so Atlanta doesn't have the the big-time edge guys. Yeah. But Brian Burns is as good as it gets in this league. So I, I would And Kansas City has Frank England. Clark. And yeah, Frank Clark's really good. Yeah. So I would chip. I would chip the heck out of uh, Brian Burns this week. So Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. If the Niners do become like a Super Bowl contender, they're going to have to weather this part of the season. And they did this in 2019. If I remember correctly, there was a long stretch where both Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey were out. And they won all the games with Justin School out there. So look, if Jalen Moore doesn't work out, they could try Daniel Brunskill, who isn't quite in football shape yet, but he will be soon. And if he doesn't work out, there's my favorite player on the team. I think he's in the practice squad, Jason Poe, who's probably 5'11". Is that too short to play left tackle? Yes. Is it? Yes. <laughs> it's just, but, I mean, yes. it's more of an arm length than anything because yeah. it's it's that it's it's being able to lock out and then have – that was my concern with McKivitz is he, he's kind yeah. of a short arm guy. But, you know, um, yeah. you know at, at this point, I'll say this. I mean, they do have a, a really good O-line coach, and if you – can play call kind of around your weaknesses that could help you. Um, I don't want to say Trent's overrated, but they can get away without Trent in the run game. I think where they're going to miss him is against the elite speed rushers. Yeah. But again, the Niners aren't really built to pass, aren't trying to pass, aren't pushing the ball down the field. Like if they had, 
John Elway or Kurt Warner, and they were really trying to push the ball down the field to Isaac Bruce, then yeah, you would freaking need Trent Williams. But for what the Niners do on offense, he's kind of wasted. It's like the ball's out in a second and a half. And it's a five-yard throw, but at least you have the best left tackle in football. Yeah. And he, and he, and he'll, you know, he's intimidating. He's good, obviously, you know, as a run blocker and a pass blocker. But you're right. If they were a vertical, if they were Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa, but Brady Brady with Tampa doesn't do what Brady did with New England. Brady with Tampa's down the field and he's 45. Well, if that's the case, then your left tackle is vital. But if you can get it out, play with some rhythm, run the ball. Um, maybe you can get away with for you know a few weeks in a in a in a perverse way. This could benefit the 49ers because right. you don't. Jalen Moore needs he needs to play, yeah, to get better. He needs yeah. reps to get better. And if they're gonna ever lean on him, and he's on the roster, if they're ever gonna lean on him in a big situation, then it might be advantageous to get him a few reps. And why not do it in you know week five against Carolina when you're right. favored and week six against Atlanta when you're favored and yep. you know may, you know maybe this will benefit them you know late in the year when Trent comes back and he goes out for a series but it's a big series late in the year maybe you can throw Jalen Moore in there and some of that experience will pay off we'll see that's true Jose Luis Martinez says what's up Grant from AZ my son and I are big fans keep up the good work if Jimmy wins us the Super Bowl what happens with Trey next year Man, you're getting way ahead of yourself, Jose. But thank you. I don't know, That's man. That's definitely a Monday after a win kind of a question. It is. It is, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. They haven't won two games in a row yet this year. But I think I think it is safe to say the quarterback on the 49ers that is standing in the winner's circle when they get Super Bowl number six is sticking around. I would think so. I would think so. I don't Joe care. Vels- Jimmy, I'm not sure it's going to be him. I don't care who yeah. it is. That guy. I'm not sure it's going to be any of those three, but I would think so if they make it. Javel says, trying to be positive. However, I've seen this movie. If we're not playoff hunting, does Trey get reps this year for an explosive year in 2023? Thoughts? They have already said no. I mean, he he's probably going to get back into practice at some point, but I don't think they want to rush him back, which probably is smart. Yeah. God forbid you got you get him hurt again. Yeah, I mean, um, he needs reps for sure. Do you think the Niners will stay out of the South for back to? Do you think the Niners will stay out South for the back-to-back road games? Yeah, they're going to be in West Virginia. I'm going to be there too. West Virginia. What do you think of Greenbrier? Greenbrier. It doesn't get any more fun than that. No, I've never been. It's going to be fun. I heard they have an Applebee's there, which is nice. (laughs) Have you been to West Virginia? No. Have you? Oh gosh. Good luck. I'm going to be there for two nights. Then I'm going to go immediately to Atlanta and spend some time with my wife in Atlanta. Seth says I take. TB release over Jimmy's quick release any day of the week. You saw how fast he was getting the ball out against KC. Also, Atlanta is a trap game. Atlanta's 2-2 two and two as well. So, yeah. they seem to be doing all right. All right, let's... So, the news of the day is that Jimmy Ward and Jason Vrett are going to be practicing tomorrow for the first time this uh, year. They're still on IR, and the way it works is just like a three-week practice window. So, right. once they start, you have three weeks to activate him off IR. So, this doesn't mean they're going to play next week. But it does mean that they could be playing re- relatively soon. What's your, uh, what do you expect for each one, in individually? I mean, these are real. These are two. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. These are two yeah. excellent football players. Verrett is yeah. an excellent football player yeah. who's just hurt all the time. Yeah. Uh, but when he plays, he's excellent. I mean, you're talking yeah. about Pro Bowl caliber feet, reactions, uh, hand placement, knowledge. He's they're really, as good really as good. anyone on the defense. I mean, they're yeah. as good as really anyone good. on the defense. Yeah. yeah. And and I think Ward outside of Bosa 
might be their best defensive player. I mean, maybe right. a Fonga now. People are talking about yeah, Fonga. Jimmy yeah. Ward covers like a corner, hits like a yeah. linebacker, can be can play anywhere, can literally yeah. play anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like a I would say he's the equivalent of your five iron if you're a golfer. You know, you can you can putt with your five iron, you can tee off with your five iron. Sure. I mean, it's just if that's Jimmy Ward. I mean, he's just so versatile. They they can't do anything but get better. You know, it just mm-hmm. makes them deeper. He immediately starts for Tayshawn Gibson. Gibson, yeah. then they maybe do we see D'Amico uh, ex- experiment with some three safety looks? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Verrett, I think, may make them make a decision on Ambry Thomas. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, is it, you don't have endless roster spots. Um, Verrett is there probably a future for Ambry. On, yeah. 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 I mean, what's, yeah. where's Ambry? Because Ambry started slow last year, built up, but now he started slow this year. You don't get a yeah. second year to start slow. So, I'm not getting what's going on with Ambry Thomas, but I got to think if I'm Ambry, I'm not feeling too good if Verrett hits the field and stays healthy because Verrett's probably better than Ambry. He's a smarter player than Ambry. And if Verrett's healthy, he's going to get that spot. Yeah, I'm thinking that they're on different timelines. I'm thinking Jimmy Ward could be back pretty soon, but there's no reason to play him against... Well, hold on. There's no reason to play him against Carolina. But... Atlanta has Kyle Pitts. So if he's healthy for that game, it'd be nice because Kyle Pitts is one of the only guys who's going to really hurt you. And then the next week, they got Travis Kelsey. So really, the, the sooner Jimmy Ward could come back, the better. Uh, Jason Verrett, I don't think you're trying to bring him back to rush him in the in the starting lineup because so far, Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are both playing like at, at an A level. So I think Verrett's more of like long-term depth, ace up your sleeve. But yeah, he would be taking Ambry Thomas's spot as like the next man up if one of those two were to get hurt. I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to deplete the inventory. I think I would show a ton of patience because in my mind, and I, you know, I'm sure you probably feel the same way. There's mm-hmm. only so many games that you're going to get out of Verrett. So mm-hmm. don't, don't put them out there until, until, you know, you really need to, or you're up against it. You got to make a decision because, you know, I don't know how many football games he has in his body. If you can save him a couple in, you know, October, and maybe have them fresher for more important games in December. I would, I would do that. Um, as far as Jimmy Ward, I think Jimmy Ward is is one of the best players on the team. And even though I love Gibson, and I think he's a productive interceptor, and I like him, but I, I just don't. I, I come on. I mean, I, I if Jimmy Ward's when Jimmy Ward's ready to roll, you get him back out there. And I'm really eager to see how much better they are because he's terrific. Also, I'm sure you could find certain packages to have three safeties on the field you know instead yeah. of going nickel with three three uh nickel nickel with three corners you can go nickel with three safeties yeah depending on what you're trying to do if it's first the big game. nickel yeah the big nickel all right so the Niners defense is number one in the league like points yards it's elite but it really hasn't been tested the way it's gonna be tested when they face the Chiefs and Bucks and certain teams left coming up on the schedule so what do you think is the number one question that's still unanswered about this defense that looks so impenetrable right now? How good they truly are against the run at the point. Yep. That's, that's it. That's my that's concern it. because Hafanga yeah. has been so good yeah. as a, you know, as a box safety in the cover three, you know, he's, he's seeing it. He's, he knows his formations. He's in his playbook. He knows what's coming. And when he sees it, he's not hesitating. 
but he's so good that we don't know if if Givens and Ridgeway and Kinlaw and Armstead, if these guys can really stand up to a big physical power back running it up the gut. Denver committed to 33 runs because they believe that there was some weakness there. And I think that's an indication. Other teams will tell you about your team and your weaknesses and strengths by how they go, how they attack you. And I, I, I thought that that game was an indication that Denver felt like if you, st- if you go to the run between the tackles and stick with it, it will, it, you, it will benefit you by the fourth quarter. So I, I'm a little concerned about just, you know, without DJ, just how good's Armstead, how good's Kinlaw, how good's Givens, how good's the, you know, Ridgeway, how good is the Niner interior actually against a big physical running team that's going to commit to it? Yeah, I think it may not be that it's a weakness, but the Niner, the rest of the Niners defense is so strong. You have to attack something. And it seems like passing's tough against the Niners defense because the pass rush is so good and the secondary is so good. And then running sideways against the Niners defense doesn't seem to work out good. It no, seems like the Niners defense fast. is faster than your offense and that yeah. Dre Greenlaw is going to beat you to the, to the edge every time. If you have any prayer against the Niners, you got to go straight ahead against them right up the middle. And it seems like they haven't really faced a team that could do it really well yet. But look at Kansas City. They're not an overwhelming running team, but they can run the ball effectively. They have two running backs this year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco, who are averaging about five yards a carry. So they can at least test the Niners that way while throwing the ball all around the field. That's going to be a really interesting test for the Niners defense. If they're all-time great, they'll show it in that game. Yeah. No, I mean, and and if Afonga keeps making plays against the run – and he attacks the mesh point like, you know, he's Troy Polamalu in his prime, then maybe Kinlaw and Armstead don't need to be as good as DJ in the middle. Maybe they can get away with it. I'll tell you the one part about the Niners that makes me go, wow, is that obviously Bosa is super special. We all know that. Everybody knows that. But it's the other guys that are just playing with their hair on fire. Ebukam. I've never seen Ebukam play this hard. Charles Amenehue. Amenehue's lighter, faster, and the motor's crazy. Drake Mm -hmm. Jackson is such a fun kid to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the guy who plays the hardest of any 49er that I can tell is Kerry Hyder. My God. Kerry Hyder plays every football game like it's it's Super Bowl Sunday and if he loses, he's going to be killed. I mean, it's just like he, Kerry uh, Hyder is a damn good football player. And it, yeah. he just, his motor is crazy revs, crazy rev, revs so high. So, yeah, to me, that's I mean, the thing. They got a lot of talent, but they got, they got five guys that aren't named Bosa who can come off the edge who all play with this motor that's uh, nonstop. That's yeah. scary. Absolutely. And like Bosa has six sacks through four games. He's, that's, he, he could break records this year, but Ebukam has three sacks through four games. He's quietly having a great year, and I think it's cool the way the Niners are getting these sacks. It's not just guys going straight ahead, winning one-on-one. It's a lot of very sophisticated uh, games and stunts. Yeah. Like, Did D'Amico sit down with Vic Fangio this offseason? This, this feels very fa- Fangio-esque. Not to take anything away from D'Amico, but this is exactly the kind of stuff Fangio was doing 10 years ago, and I know he... Was he there thinking about being a consultant or he was coming out to practices? Anyway. Well, I'll tell you the other thing that, you yeah. know, so, so okay, if you said Niner defense, give me the brief uh, overview. 
well, Bosa and Armstead are difference makers up front. Warner's a difference maker. And then you'd say, oh, okay, you know, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Ward's kind of a difference maker. And now you look at it and you're like, wait a second. Charvarius Ward is a difference maker. Afonga makes a huge difference. Yeah. So you got like three difference makers in your Mosley's no Mosley's no slouch. You know Mosley's what I mean? no slouch. Yeah. Played the best ball of his career. Drake yeah. Greenlaw right now is on fire. Samson, yes, on he is. Fire. Yes, he is. Drake Greenlaw's on fire. Samson Ebukama's on fire. Like yeah. this defense is crazy. Again, it hasn't really been tested the way it will, but so far, so good. Damn. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. They got like headliner difference makers, yeah. but then they got guys behind them at all three yeah. levels of the D. This Niner team, the more I watch them, Grant, Grant reminds me of the 2000 Ravens, who kind of, it's interesting. Brian Billick was thought of as a great offensive coach like Kyle, but they had a terrible offense that year with a quarterback hmm. that made a lot of mistakes in Dilfer. That's Garoppolo. And then they had this kick-ass defense that was awesome, like at every spot. And that's the Niners right now on defense. So, to me, they're they're giving me a two thousand Ravens vibe, and and that to me also should say, hey Kyle, let's get this offensive thing going yeah. because if you can get any momentum going offensively, you're probably going to wind up in the conference championship game again. The problem with the two thousand Ravens that's a great comparison. I see it, but the thing is that was twenty years ago. Rules were different, and now yeah. like they beat Kerry Collins in the Super Bowl. You know, like the right. now, now if the Niners make it to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat probably Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen and all the rules are on their side. It's not even fair anymore. It's not like 20 years ago. You can't touch them. You can't look at if you look at them out of the side of your eyes, it's a 15 yard. It's, you know, if you Buffalo him, it's a 15 yard penalty. Nah, I mean, the, the offense is going to have to eventually come around and score more than 16 points. They can't have Trent Dilfer. I don't think the equivalent of Trent Dilfer could win a Super Bowl in 2022. I agree. I agree. But Jimmy might be better than Trent. You know, can you be Brad and Johnson? Kyle might be Smith? better than Billick. There you go. I think you know? he is. But that is, is kind of an interesting one because Billick, yeah. Billick was the Vikings yeah. coach when they had Moss and they had that team that scored ridiculous points. It's true. It's but true. then he also was the coach of a team that won the Super Bowl that had one of the worst offenses we've ever seen. Yeah, they had Jamal Lewis. He was, and really they had good. Shannon Sharp, didn't they? Oh, they might have. If this team had Jamal Lewis, they would win the Super Bowl. But they don't. Their running backs get hurt. Stop using Jeff Wilson like he's Jamal Lewis. We have to. Fly a banner over. Jeff Levi's. Wilson is a great guy to interview, by the way. I talked to him he's last phenomenal. week, and I just like, this guy's, this guy's, a, this guy's a tough guy, man. Yeah, he great is. Great tough guy. Zachary Kelway says, I would like to see Grant apologize to Kyle more. Well, I mean, we were really <laughs> critical of him last week. I had to walk some of that back. Jose Luis Martinez says, will you be going to Mexico City? I will, absolutely. Um, Seth Harvey says, Jay Ward will be back for Travis Kelsey. Uh, I was just... He might I'll even be, a, be back for be battle. Pitts. Yeah, it will. It will. I, he won't miss that. I guarantee he won't miss that. Jan Evander Balin says, you think next year Lance will tell Kyle to F off when he calls a run play for him and audibles out of it? Doesn't seem to be Trey's style. Trey's too but good I, of a I don't kid know. to, do, to yeah. tell anybody to F off. Yeah, Josh Wyatt says, just watch the All-22. The O-line was awful all night. No push and no one could anchor in pass pro, yet no sacks. Credit to Kyle or is that JG? It's both. It's the plans, the execution. Let's give it to both of them. But that, that's how the Niners always play the Rams. And for whatever reason, the Rams can't take away the quick stuff. They just get, play off. They play soft. And they're like, go ahead, throw slants. Please, throw slants. I don't know why. Yeah, the, the Rams the Rams are an interesting defense, aren't they? I mean, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect with them adding Bobby Wagner. But, man, it, they were not impressive last night defensively. I, you, know, you know who absolutely was – 
like two different players. I almost had to like see if it was the same guy in the NFC Championship game. How awesome was Ashawn Robinson? Where oh, was he, he was last dominant. night? Yep. Was, I mean, Not, it was like yeah. it was like he wasn't on the field. Yeah. All right. So we got a question. Uh, play out a scenario where the Panthers win. Okay. Um, let's see what they got. Let's see. Well, they got. Christine I'll give you. Patrick. I'll give you one. Um, okay. Brian Burns just destroys Jalen Moore and and ruins the 49ers afternoon, and and that's it. I mean, I, Christian McCaffrey has a good uh, game between the tackles, and this is a weakness apparently. Um, also, Jeff Wilson Jr. gets overused, and Kyle Hurts gets another running back injured, and doesn't have faith in the rest of his running back. Running backs shut down the run game, puts the game in Jimmy's hands, and you know what happens next. I mean, that could all happen. That could happen. Uh, DJ Moore has his bust out game. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, this is another team that they got a rookie left tackle who's damn good, the kid from NC State, uh, Ekwan, Ekwanu. But then they also have a bunch of receivers that just haven't. You know, it's funny when you change out the quarterback. It doesn't matter if you know who it is. It's like those reps between the quarterback and the receivers. It's like it takes a while to it build does. that up, and he, you know, so DJ Moore's damn good. And Robbie Anderson ain't bad. Shy Smith ain't bad. Uh, yeah. Chenault ain't bad. They, Terrace Marshall ain't bad. I mean, they've got Baker Mayfield ain't bad. But they've not, nobody's played together. And like well, I watched that Arizona game. I watched the red zone, and I saw too much of Arizona uh, Carolina. But Carolina on offense, there's no chemistry at all right. between Baker and his receivers. And it you shows. know who I think is bad on that team in Carolina? The Who's Cubs. That? The Cubs. Matt well, he's they saying he might get dumped. He's that, been that's there the way too long. Thing. He's coaching for his gig. He's not, How many wins does he have in four years? Like 10? Like, when does he ever win games? Anyway. Yeah. Mark F. says just sitting around waiting for Hafunga Palomalu head and shoulders commercial. That should be next week. Jack Johnson says, I think Kittle groin is still tender. That injury limits your speed and change direction, but not strength. So he can block, but shouldn't run too much. Why Ross D. isn't getting more targets? He's hurt. He's got a, a rib. That's true. And I always make such a big deal about Kittle and his injuries. I guess... You know, it's good to be smart with them and not get them. Well, and you think about it. You know, what kind of patterns is Kittle typically going to run? Little cuts, right? Twelve yard, mm-hmm. eight, you know, eight to twelve yard, you know, in cuts, out cuts, and that's your groin reaggravator. So maybe, maybe they're just trying to stay away from, you know, uh, you know, having him, uh, having him. You know, once he gets got the ball in his hands, I think he doesn't think ever about any of his injuries. So it might be good to just. Not feature him. Albert Sue says when D'Amico eventually leaves as a head coach, will he suffer the same fate as Salah and be last in DVOA? He can't take any players or Chris Kosarik or if he wouldn't leave for McDaniel. He won't go with D'Amico. Um, are are the Jets that bad on defense? No, the Jets are good on defense. I don't know what the guy's talking about. I just watched Jets Steelers. Jets defense was balling, man. They were flying all over the place. Now, um, you know, they got E.J. Mosley, they got D.J. Reed on that defense, LaMarcus Joyner, Sauce Gardner. I mean, they got some yeah. guys. Carl I Lawson mean, made a horrendous late hit that hurt them. But, I mean, this D, this D line's no joke. They got Quinn and Williams. They got Sheldon Rankins. I mean, I, I think the Jets look pretty good on defense, to be honest. Yeah, and I think Salah's fate, his job in, on that team is really tied to Zach Wilson more than the defense. So. Ninerfan85 says, Grant, what kind of road trip music will you be listening to when you drive from Carolina to Atlanta? Southern rap, the whole way. I like to be... <laughs> <laughs> I like to listen to the music of the place where I'm from. I don't know why. 
Defense is uh, going to destroy the Panthers. D'Amico is auditioning for that head coaching job. Well, he's doing one hell of an audition so far. Yeah, he is. He's going to get a gig for sure. Okay, this is the last topic we have for the day, and it's kind of a downer, but I don't I'm not, I don't think of it as a downer. I'm just trying to be proactive. This is quality control. Was that you that ran out on the field last night? Oh, God. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have got smacked like that. What are you doing going to the sidelines? Stay in the middle of the field where you have space. The sideline's not hey, your friend. At least you could always say, hey, man, I can take a hit from Bobby Wagner. Yeah. I don't know if you could take it, though. Is that guy okay? We, we I don't didn't know, get a, a follow-up on that. You know, right. you know, the, you know the, whoever the NFL's general counsel is is like, ah, no. Twice it happened in the game. What if Bobby it Wagner twi- kills I know. that guy? I know. But it was actually a great moment. I loved it. it Bobby was. Wagner Except was right to do it. the field got torched right there. It did. And, you know, some poor security guard, like, tore his ACL, really hurt his knee. I would sue that I saw guy. that. I saw I that. I would sue that. You hurt me. Okay. So, um, the Niners are winning, but it's clear their offense isn't good enough and it needs to get better. And I think right. what's amazing is the second half. They can put together a good script, but it seems like whether they win or not depends on whether they have a big enough lead at halftime because they can't score in the second half. Hafunga can't. Hafunga has scored seven points in the second half this year. The Niners' offense has scored 16. That's not good enough. What do you think is going on here? And this has been an issue for Kyle at times in the past. Well, there's two things going on. One, you have games. Yeah, well, you got you got the Bears game, which the monsoon right. killed the fourth quarter. True. So that's true. That's part of the that statistical, uh, you know, deal. That's true. Then you also have games where the 49ers had a 20 point lead against Seattle and. They stopped trying to do anything other than be real vanilla, run the ball, and pound and, and run the clock down. That's so true. I think they lose their motivation. They take yeah. their foot off the gas pedal, and yes, they've also and also they've they're a team that struggles to throw when you have to throw, especially when they had Trey. Uh, but Jimmy also struggles to throw when he has to throw, and their O line. You've already kind of referenced it in this live stream. Their O-line really is fine if you can stay even on the chains, but if you have to throw, their O-line struggles to block. So so they struggle to, you know, they struggle to pass it when they're behind, and then they struggle to run it when they're ahead. Yeah. So and I and yeah. I and I don't think I think a lot of the imaginative stuff that you see is first half yeah. stuff, not in the second yes. half. Yes. If you cook all those things together, add in the monsoon, and that's what we're looking at. I also kind of feel like Kyle is a bit of a gimmick coach. Like he has these plays that he calls up for big plays, like the uh, the use check play. It's not something you call a lot. It works because you don't call it very much. If maybe you call it once a year, and so he's wide open. Um, he has a few of those every game, and maybe he just calls them all in the first half. Doesn't save him until the fourth quarter. It seems like he gets deeper into the game when he's out of those. I don't know what you would call them: gimmick plays, specialty plays, quick. Quick chunk play uh, plays that you can only call once, and then he's just kind of down to like you said, it's vanilla offense. Um, that kind of seems to be the issue to me. I, I, don't I know. maybe he should save some stuff. Save some stuff. Like, like you'll see some run heavy looks and then pass out of a run heavy pre snap look in the first half. Mm-hmm. They get into the second half, they get a run heavy look. It's run. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, in yeah. the second half, they get a pass happy look. It's pass. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, it's like they stop deceiving people. And that's why I, I, Jeff Wilson, his numbers are actually better than what he had last night because he they probably handed him the ball four or five times 
where it's a run heavy formation and everybody, including the Niners and all the Rams defenders, everybody knows it's going to be a run and it's a run and then they stuff it. So it's like, is that, is that reflective on Wilson? No. Is it reflective on the line? Well, you could say so, but not really. It's really kind of more of just like, Hey, we're, we're trying to run out the clock and you know, we're not going to create a lot of deception to it. I just think that when the Niners get into defined looks in the second half of these games, they're not giving you a defined run look and giving you a play action pass. It's a defined run look. And then they're bucking into the line for one yard or negative one yard and letting the, you know, the seconds click off the play clock and try to try to put the game away just by, just by ineffective running. It seems like really good offenses, like when they want to put a game away, they go to like their bread and butter, a certain concept in the run game or the pass game that works really well most of the time and defenses can't stop. I don't know the Niners have that on offense in the run game or the pass game. So that's why I say gimmick plays. Like they're these plays that Kyle can call up, but it's not things the Niners do a lot that throw to, to use check. You call it once a game or the throw to Charlie Warner. You call it once a game. It's not something you come back to because the defense has seen it and it's going to be exactly the same. So um, maybe you got to save some of those for later in the game is all I'm saying, Kyle. If you have six of them, don't call them all in the first half because you know you're in trouble if you don't have – if you have to go in a whole half without any of them. I don't know what you want – your specialty plays. Save some for the – I mean, because that way you can, you can even call them with more confidence knowing that they'll work. If you, if you set them up and look at what the other team is doing, what coverages they're calling, you could probably predict what coverage you're going to get in the third quarter better in the first quarter. I'm just saying. Also, I mean, you got to score more than three points in the second half. No question. And also, you know, it's like you start going to what you know you can do. And like, what do the Niners know they can do with their receivers? They probably the most sure handed, sure route runner is probably Jawan Jennings. So, I mean, I, you know, Garoppolo going to Jawan Jennings. I mean, if they, you know, it's just not, it's, I, I, it would be, it would really help if they had a couple of, go-to things that worked all the time but they really yeah. don't yeah um jamal armstrong says jimmy ward e-man conundrum if you can only keep one who do you keep give me e-man just entering prime years cornerback more premium than uh safety can get similar value out of t gibson or any replacement safety that you get for ward let's keep i'd keep e-man i think i would agree with that i mean look at how as good as jimmy ward is look what they're doing without him could they do this without? Could they be this good right now without Mosley? If you just put in Ambry Thomas, not sure. I did an interview the other day with Jimmy Ward, and he's like, you know, if you hit a guy in his ribs, or if you hit him in his patella, and then he had this like sly grin. It's like Jimmy Ward just loves to hit. He loves to play yeah. football. I I don't. I mean, it's like that's like one of those debates that's not really a debate, right? I mean, they don't play the same yeah. position, but I would say the way that Mosley is playing right now. How ridiculously fast did he rally up at the beginning of that Denver game to smoke the receiver? I mean, he came flying up. I mean, abs- he's just throwing his body around, and guys only do that when they're healthy. So that, and we ha- and we've seen Mosley have a lot of injuries through the years, but he's healthy. And now you got Ward on the other side, kind of uh, Charvarius, kind of challenging him as far as who's the number one guy in the room. The Niner, you know, those two corners right now are really, really good. Absolutely. You might want to keep them around for a while. Yeah. Sardal, Sardal says, hi, Grant, who are your top five Niners of all time? Jerry Rice, Ronnie Lott, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Who's five? Bill Walsh? Does he count? 
as a niner. How about T.O.? Where's T.O. in there? Put T.O. in there if you want. Um, There's a lot of good ones, that's for sure. A lot of good ones. Brandon Michael, Ziegler. I love Michael Carter, by the way. I thought you were going to say Michael Crabtree. I was like, oh, that's that – was... <laughs> Remember Michael Carter? <laughs> Michael Carter was more uh, your dad's era, but yes. Michael Carter was just awesome. Awesome. For my time. Brandon says, hey, Grant, not to toot my own horn, but I just said that to you and your dad last stream, I should get paid for this stuff, man. That that Krug's. <laughs> Love you, Brandon. Thank you. Um, I think that's it. I think that's our show for today. Jose, uh, what do you got going on? Anything – um, you know, I'm going to do a live stream tonight. I did one earlier today. I'm going to do another one tonight, uh, probably around nine o'clock. And oh, by the way, yesterday before the game, so I had a rare opportunity. I wasn't doing 95 7 the game pregame because it was a Monday and they were going with Damon and Ratto. So I did, uh, I was there early. And so I went in, in the parking lot, went in the parking lot with the peeps and did kind of like an Art Man Presents thing. And I just walked around with Ryan with our, with the camera and the open mic. Dude, there were so many people that were like, dude, I love your segment with Grant on Mondays, man. I mean, I did a shot of Patron with, huh. uh, yeah, seriously, before that the is game. So funny. Guys like, dude, you got to do a shot of Patron. So, yeah, there's a lot of fans of the of your channel out in the, uh, out in the lot. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of people, people with good. People, have, people get loose before the game, man. I mean, they're I throwing back big tequila, okay. alcohol, barbecuing. You know, there's and a, so by the a, end of the day, they're pretty. They're pretty a, slashed. There was a whiff in the crowd. I can't really describe it, but yeah, I mean, it was. It, there was Did, a lot of people having a lot of good times. Do you see after the game, like when we go into the auditorium for the post game press conference? There's there's fans that can like stand right there behind a curtain. Yeah, and they, yeah. They shout. So we walk in there like, Grant, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I didn't play, man. Thanks though. I appreciate it. It's nice though. It's a nice. Yeah. Seriously, shot the fans, to the ego, the faithful, and you know what? The faithful. I get it. The uh, the home games, I get it now. It's like, man, if you – people love their Niners, but they really love tailgating. They love the, the drinking, the partying, the barbecuing. The Oh, man. What a, what a scene in the lot yesterday. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks for watching, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow-ish. Yeah, Niners have a practice tomorrow. I'll see you then. Take care.